Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications connect to more thanks just my man how you doing i'm doing well fellas how are you today very very good we just plugged our podcast so now we, you got to tell us about your podcast because the new angle podcast is uh, one of the best things going in the entire state of montana i know blackfoot has been so awesome in helping us get podcasts off the ground whether it's at 1029 espn missoula skyline sports or uh, with your endeavor as well, but I think it's very important for people, especially in our in our world of on-demand listening. So, what what do you got cooking right now at the New Angle? Well, we're we're just sort of published part four of what is kind of a four episode arc that your listeners might uh, be interested in. We kind of had this inquiry of healthy sports. We did uh, two episodes with some healthcare providers some coaches and um, uh, a physician here in town that kind of it looked at youth sports and the consequences, pros and cons of specialization, the culture that that creates, uh, overtraining, how to look for it, how to know what's going on, how to address it. Basically, you know, how parents and coaches can create uh, a culture that has a more healthy relationship to sports for our young people. And then last week we looked at um, kind of, you know, unhealthy sport at the highest level. Uh, we had on writer and investigative journalist, Matt Hart, who's just published a book called win at all costs, um, which is an investigation of the Nike Oregon running projects. So, you know, elite, uh, running program sponsored by Nike had some really kind of questionable behavior, um, at the highest level there has since, um, has since left the program and it's shut down. And this week we brought it local, this episode that just released this morning, um, details a new and exciting startup business here in, in Missoula called Morphos Exercise Systems. These guys are rethinking 
how physical therapy um, is delivered to customers using some really cool um, uh, 3D animation and some other modalities to uh, kind of rethink how that system works. So, yeah, we're kind of on a good four-episode run of, of sports-oriented content. I encourage, I encourage folks to uh, check it out, anewanglepodcast.com. And I was just checking that out right now as well, Justin. I'm just getting into going through the archives a little bit, and I want to know what some of your favorites have been, interviews, podcasts, down the line, too. You know, I, I want to make sure I get the favorites first here that I want to listen so I can catch up. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, a couple of months ago, we had Conrad Anchor on. That was one of my favorites, just this legendary uh, mountaineer that's a Mont- who's a Montanan as well as over in Bozeman. He spent some time with us. It was a great conversation, um, particularly talking about the importance of climate to him and his experience as a mountaineer. Uh, other awesome ones, I mean, gosh, we had Maureen Dowd from the New York Times on a couple of years back. Uh, that was really fun. Um, Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam has been on a couple of times. He's really awesome to catch up with. Uh, we did an episode about higher education with John Tester and Greg Gianforte and, um, you know, a few others a while back. So yeah, we, we tend to, um, we tend to cover issues that sort of had some broader, uh, application to society. Um, sitting at my position at the university, I get access to a lot of uh, thinkers in that space, and it's cool to be able to tap into it. Justin Angle joining us. It is a business angle every other Tuesday presented by Blackfoot Communications. And Justin, we're a couple weeks now away from the Super Bowl. The championship games in the NFL will be played this Sunday, and then we'll have a week off, which would normally be the Pro Bowl, but uh, this will just be a uh, Reading of the lists of the guys that made the Pro Bowl, no actual uh, otherwise pointless game to be played because of COVID, and then we'll bust into the Super Bowl. But Super Bowl and the overlay with advertising revenue, particularly when it comes to the commercials during the game, it's almost a pop, I should say almost, it is a pop culture phenomenon. A lot of people watch the games simply for the commercials, to see what the, what the commercials uh, have in store. And a lot of the discussion after the game it's not even about the game. It's about the commercials. And we've seen now across the board the rise in just advertising wars for these industries, cell phones and mobile devices, cars, soda, beer, uh, you know, on down the line, uh, insurance. But one big headline is that the head, uh, they're saying Coke and Pepsi both sitting out the Super Bowl, but there's a little more to this story, right? Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, so my home discipline at the College of Business is I'm a marketing professor. So, you know, the day after Super Bowl, like the, the, the Monday class after Super Bowl Sunday is kind of a, a Super Bowl of a class in the sense that, you know, the students are, have all watched this stuff. You know, it's very salient and it's a great time to kind of be, be thinking about this. Super Bowl advertising is a bit of a weird category anyway. I mean, it's, it's so expensive to, to get involved in. Um, and so not, not many companies can access that level of advertising. And then it's, you know, we've talked about this on this show before, like the, the ability for companies to spend money elsewhere and be more precise with their marketing spending and, and get better, um, better results, get their message to the right customer at the right time, um, through the right medium, you know, there's more efficient ways to spend money, but this Coke and Pepsi story was interesting because it was kind of presented as a ceasefire in, in the stories that I saw, but that's not really the case. I mean, Pepsi's 
um, they're still in the game. I mean, they're, they're advertising for Mountain Dew, one of their brands that's on the rise and gaining share. They're advertising for Frito-Lay Snacks, which, you know, plenty of brand names within that uh, side of the business. And also the title sponsors of the Halftime Show. Um, so I think really the story here is, you know, what's going on with Coca-Cola? They are, they're struggling. Um, you know, they announced layoffs of over 17% of their workforce. Uh, not too long ago, they're cutting brands like Tab and Odwalla. And, and so the pandemic's been hard on Coca-Cola. They actually just lost LeBron James um, after 18 years. He's going over to Pepsi. So that's an interesting thing as well. Um, and Coke has been this iconic uh, brand for so long, and it still is. Um, but when brands like that and that size slip just a little bit, I mean, that has that has the effect of billions of dollars, not only to Coke, but to all the companies downstream of Coke. I mean, CBS is the, uh, is going to lose that, that advertising revenue. Coke spent $10 million on Super Bowl ads last year. CBS doesn't have that income stream this year. Um, how do they replace it? There's not many people who can, who can fill that, um, that ante to get into the Super Bowl. It's a fascinating subject. It's Justin Angle joining us on the Business Angle every other week on Tuesdays right here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. But Justin, there's there's been some brands in the modern history of America, post-industrial revolution and during the 20th century, particularly the second half of the 20th century when advertising really took a stronghold that reached a point where you'd think that the brand had, had become almost invincible, uh, like Coke, like Budweiser. You know, I, I just watched Ford versus Ferrari the other night, and they, it's all about right. you know, when Ford had a kind of a dip, how do they get back? And they build a, a race car, which is the Shelby GT Mustang, and then, you know, that, that sends them into the stratosphere, and then they were able to compete again for the latter half of the 20th century. But you mentioned that this could have such an impact on sports because those big-time, big-ticket brand name, for lack of a better way of saying it, brands, they have been so unbreakable. They do pour so much money into the economy of sports, particularly from an advertising perspective. So just elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, first of all, what causes for a brand to maybe lose its footing? Because I I think that even 10 years ago, we we never would have thought we would see the day where Coca-Cola was losing 17% of its workforce, where they, they would be struggling like this. They'd be losing these big-time endorsers. So, uh, twofold question. What causes it, and is there is this a trend where some of these iconic 20th century brands might not be able to then now survive as we get into the meat of the 21st century? Well, there's a lot there. I mean, brands ebb and flow, and one of the sort of axioms that, that I, I teach in marketing is that great brands derive from great products. If you don't have a great product, you're not going to have a great brand. And a couple of years ago, Coke um, reorganized their sort of top organizational echelon. And instead of having a chief marketing officer, they added a chief growth officer. And our chief marketing, you know, that might just sound like a semantic kind of um, organizational chart issue that doesn't have a lot of meaning. But if you have somebody whose job and its compensation structure and his or her entire orientation for, for work is to create growth, that's different than somebody whose entire orientation is how to message the marketplace, right? When you think about a brand like Coke, I mean, what are they, how are they going to attract customers? 
they're not an innovation company. They might argue that, but like, we're not looking for, you know, innovative packaging or innovative flavors or whatever. They're essentially, they're trading an emotional connection. That's their brand. That's their product. And so if you don't have somebody who's focusing on how, how to have that dialogue, um, with customers, maybe you lose status, maybe you lose sight of the ball there. And I think maybe, you know, there's some analysts that say just that little bit of a reorientation at the executive level created kind of a blind spot to, to investing in the brand and the Super Bowl, I mean, for a brand like Coke, if you don't have the Super Bowl as an outlet to speak to customers at an emotional level, you know, they're not running promotions on the Super Bowl. They're not saying like, Hey, dad, Hey, head down to Albertsons and you know, buy one, get one free. That's not the type of advertising they do, right? They're pulling emotional strings and building brand awareness and creating associations that are deep within us. Um, they don't have that focus. Uh, they kind of lose the ability to protect the brand. So there could be kind of longer term consequences associated with missing out on some of this ability to connect with customers. And, you know, to your point, Coulter, yeah, there's ebbs and flows and, you know, these companies that are on top, they're on top for a reason. They have to be very thoughtful about doing things that could undermine the reasons they're so successful, right? I mean, it's really, it's much easier to retain an existing customer and much cheaper to retain an existing customer than it is to go out and get a new customer. So you may be losing a little bit of sight of who your customers are and why you have them uh, can result in some of these bigger brands slipping. Speaking of brands, from a sports perspective, athletes have become brands all unto themselves. And in some cases, some of the strongest brands in America. And you talk about LeBron James leaving Coca-Cola to go to Pepsi. It's an interesting fold because if you hearken back to even you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago, if Michael Jordan would have changed teams and or changed shoes, I think it would have been an, an uproarious event. There would have been a lot of people that were very mad about that. And now it seems as if it's softened. Like last week on our uh, Friday segment, Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports with Carolyn, she was talking about James Harden going from Houston to the Nets. And I was telling her, this is just the way of the world in pro sports now. Player movement is just a, a, it's just the way it is. Nobody could have ever envisioned Tom Brady playing for a different team than he does right now. But all of a sudden, now he does play for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and he's still in the same position he was for years and years and years with the Patriots. So talk about that element, Justin. Just, just the, the athlete as a brand, does the actual endorser overwhelm the endorsement now? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about, you know, we think about this Coca-Cola story and noticed that LeBron had, had switched. And, you know, it occurred to me, like, you know, back in the 90s, you know, it was like these 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 yeah, moving teams for a player. Like I remember when Joe Montana went to the Chiefs and it just felt wrong. It's like, what is this guy doing? You know, part of it was, you know, he had declined as an athlete. I think he had like a really bad neck injury or something. But but anyway, um, it, just was, it just didn't feel right. It was like it didn't fit the brand of Joe Montana. The brand of Montana, Joe Montana and the 49ers, it sort of just, they were rock solidly together. And, you know, you take a LeBron and he's, he's moved around. I mean, moving from Cleveland to Miami and back to Cleveland, that's, there's sort of some consistency to, the, to that story. Um, but now to L.A. And it, it makes me wonder, yeah, like where's the center of power 
in terms of, you know, thinking about it through this branding lens. And I, I think that power is no longer with the team and it is no longer with the brands that player endorses. It is with the athlete, him or herself, right? And that, that athlete now has so many channels through which to communicate directly to his or her fans. Right? The YouTube, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Snap, whatever it is, Twitter, you know, those athletes can speak directly to all of us. So these, these other associations don't quite so much matter because that, that ability to talk to all of us individually kind of um, allows that to be the primary point of contact rather than, hey, I have to watch a Lakers game to get LeBron or I have to watch a Patriots game to get to Brady. No, you can get to Brady, however, you, you know, right through, right through his voice directly. And that means those athletes have more power and they can make more choices that um, support their brand without maybe dealing with these secondary associations that, that might not matter as much as they used to. And of course, this is a business angle with Justin Angle. And Justin, I want to circle back, and I know that in two weeks it will be Super Bowl week when we talk to you. So you might get this question again two weeks from right now. But I want to know when the Super Bowl advertising really kind of took a leap and went to that next level or became such an exclusive item or the price tag became so maybe astronomical that it became a storyline. Was there a certain year or game when it got kicked into overdrive? I know I'm going circling back a little bit on you, but it's just something that's been so curious that eating at me and of course this uh this conversation was a perfect reminder to bring it up yeah i mean i can't point to a specific game uh the kind of watershed moment i think about is this um oh gosh i, I can't this is the sort of punchline here i can't really even remember the brand i think it was e-trade yeah it was e-trade they ran this ad that was just like a monkey tapping on a tambourine for a minute Mm-hmm. Right. And the tagline after that was, we just wasted a million bucks. Like, don't waste your money. And that was like at the height of the, the sort of early internet boom in the late nineties, when you know you threw a dot com at the end of your name and your stock price would go through the roof. And then all that collapsed. But part of that was that like brands all of a sudden had all this money and you know they were presenting themselves to to the market, to the capital markets, as growth plays. Like we're in a rush to get as many users of our new technology as possible, and that will fuel our stock price, and eventually will become profitable. And they'd make the argument, like in order to grow our customer base, we need marketing. And how do we reach the most people? Well, we'll go on the Super Bowl, and we need a million dollars to get 30 seconds on the Super Bowl. And you could see how this thinking would just fuel the rise of, of demand on that scarce resource because the Super Bowl advertising is one of the few like really scarce resources in advertising anymore. You've got captive audience that you know a little bit about, and there's not that many spots. And so you had like a lot of, the system was sort of awash with money that drove demand up, that drove the prices up. And then you saw, you know, content creators thinking about it, like opportunities to get their brands out in the marketplace, high profile directors directing ads. So yeah, that was sort of the moment that, um, that I think it kind of went into the stratosphere. And the question to me, Riley, is how long does this persist? Because in my view, it's not an efficient spend for a marketer right now. Maybe you can make the arguments for the Cokes and the Pepsi of the world, but um, most other brands that don't have that kind of stature and don't have that kind of business, probably not. We're going to circle back around to this 
on the first Tuesday of February, the next time we have the Business Angle, when it is Super Bowl week. It is Justin Angle joining us on the Rangus Brothers RV phone line, as he does every other Tuesday for the Business Angle, analyzing the overlay of sports and business. We'll get you out of here on this, Justin. The big news of last week on the sports front locally was the... Uh, what do they call it, Riley? The modification of the spring there football season? Go. It's not truly canceled. We're going to have a couple games, but it's not going to be nearly what it was planned to be. They will not. Both Montana and Montana State will not participate in the spring championship portion of the Big Sky Conference or the FCS playoffs. We've talked about the potential pros and cons of a spring football season from an economic standpoint. Now that the games are off, we're not going to have any games of any sort of consequence or uh, legitimacy this next spring what say you, Justin, about the impact this has economically on Missoula, University of Montana, and the state of Montana as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I'll just say I, I, I'm sad for the players and the coaches and the athletes. I'm sad for all the people that sort of felt like they had something to look forward to because, you know, this pandemic's been tough. And having something to look forward to, uh, whether it's a football game or whether it's family gathering, whatever, that that's tough. Um, you know, economically, I think it's going to have – all the effects we've talked about, you know, people aren't going to be coming to town. They're not going to be gathering. They're not going to be um, doing all that spending in local establishments. Um, but ultimately, you know, I, I, I think in the longer term, and we've talked about, you know, the value of football from a branding standpoint, you know, if the coaches made the assessment that they didn't have the right amount of time or the conditions to put, a good product together. And that's a little bit of a sterilization of the fact that these are, these are, these are young student athletes that, that are the product, right. And you gotta, you gotta allow them to, to get strong and to grow and to do so and under safe conditions. Um, but if you don't have the time or the resources to put the product together, ultimately that could be disastrous for the brand. If you're throwing a product out there that that's subpar and you're not, you don't feel good about. So, you know, I'm hopeful that this is the right call. Um, in the long in the long run, it's nice that uh, sort of both schools here in Montana sort of um, announced this sort of announcement together. Because um, if if there was you know, disagreement, that could have been a disaster from a communications and just yeah, the whole sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm saddened, um, but it, it feels like it's probably the right call for um, placing the student athletes first and, and, and their well being, and, and hopefully it's in the long term interest of both programs. It is a business angle with Justin Engel from the University of Montana Business School every other Tuesday right here, 5 o'clock hour, 2 tell and wise. It's not 2 tell and wise. Who was a Freudian slip wow. right now? Nuanez is now. We, I'm going to learn the name of my own show quickly. And Justin, you're a branding guy, so you, you're going to have to reinforce it to me. But we appreciate you, my man. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you here in a couple weeks. Sounds good, fellas. Be well. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.